Great job, praise team, and great job, Claudia. Amen. Thank you once again, Claudia, for filling in for us. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, great to see everybody, and welcome uh, to our guests. Our, uh, if you're a guest with us today, we welcome you here with us. So happy you're with us. Um, we do have a couple uh, prayer needs we want to, as already been mentioned by Chuck, we want to pray for um, Jody. She had hip surgery this week. And then we also want to pray for uh, Johnny. Um, her mother passed away uh, two days ago. Uh, that's what talked to her last night. She's still in New York, and they're going to have the service over there. And <coughs> so let's pray for Johnny, okay? Shall we do that? Father God, <coughs> we come to you this morning, and you are the Father of all mercy and the God of all comfort. Lord, we want to pray for Jody. We pray that you be with her and just uh, let your spirit minister to her body, her hip, Lord. Just give her a full recovery from this, Lord, and, you know, just help her to do her part and minister your, by your healing hand upon her, Lord, please. And also for Johnny, Lord, as, uh, you know, her mother passed away, and we just pray that you be with her in her grief, Lord Jesus. You, you said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives do I give unto you. Jesus, let her, your peace be upon her and your comfort in her, her time of grief, Lord. Um, thank you. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen, everyone. Well, oh, by the way, I wasn't going to mention this, but I will. My wife has been working on the pollinator. We're going to have a pollinator festival here in uh, our neighborhood. And what is it, on the 9th here, it's going to be next Saturday out there in the garden, at La Loma Gardens. So uh, uh, I just want to give a quick mention on that. That's going to be from uh, 10 to 2. I wasn't going to do that, but <laughs> happened to have that with me. All right, everyone. Well, this last week, my wife and I, yes, thank you, Cynthia. I was hoping there was water here. <laughs> I forgot to bring my water. <laughs> my wife and I um, decided to watch part of the uh, Academy Awards. Yes, we got to see the part with all the action. <laughs> you probably know what I'm talking about. If you have, if if you have, you probably heard it about it. If you haven't seen it yet, but uh, the uh, presenter, uh, Chris Rock, uh, uh, made a joke about Will Smith's wife, whose head was shaved, and Will Smith said that was too. That was uh, more than he could bear. So he. Uh, you know, he stormed onto the stage, and to everyone's shock, uh, he slapped. Uh, Chris Rock gave him quite a slap there. And then when he went to go sit down, he, uh, he yelled out to Chris Rock to, to keep my wife's uh, uh, name uh, out of your mouth. Of course, he used a little bit more colorful language. but <laughs> Keep your, her name out of your mouth. See, he felt that her name was being cheapened. He felt that she was being cheapened. He felt that the way people looked at her was being cheapened. Now, the way that he handled it wasn't the right way, but he was concerned about his wife's name. You see, our names are important. Your name represents your reputation. Your name has to do with people's judgment about you. Your name has to do with 
whether or not people decide whether or not they want to associate with you. Now, now, now there is a name. There is a name that every person on the planet has to decide whether or not they want to associate with. This is a name the Bible says is the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. And yes, that is the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Uh, how do you see Jesus? How do you value Jesus? Now, the, the Jews that Jesus is speaking to in the scripture we're about to read were very clear about how they saw Jesus. They were very clear about what they, what they thought of Jesus. So let's take a look. If you have a Bible, we're going to look at John chapter 8, uh, verses 48 <coughs> to 59. Verses 49. I mentioned last week I had a little allergy, and this morning, uh, well, not a little one, but I have and this morning, John gave me a little allergy pills. Thank you, John, for those pills. I'm going to take those. I appreciate that very much. Uh, John chapter 8, beginning with verse 48. If you're able and willing, if you'll stand with me, if you're able and willing. John chapter 8, beginning with verse 48. And it says this. The Jews answered him. <coughs> Aren't we right in saying that you are Samaritan and demon-possessed? I'm not demon-possessed by a demon, said Jesus. But I honor my father, and you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory for myself, but there's one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Very truly I say to you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaimed, now we know that you're demon-possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets, and yet you're, you're saying whoever obeys your word will never taste death? Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You're not yet 50 years old, they exclaimed to him, and you've seen Abraham? Very truly I say to you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Amen. You may be seated. May God's word be blessed. <coughs> the Jews. The Jews saw Jesus claiming to be something they did not believe him to be. They rejected his claims. They rejected Jesus. And because they rejected Jesus, they, didn't, they did not honor his name. But for the believer, 
There is a command from God. And that command is this. Give honor to Jesus' name. Give honor to Jesus' name. Give him the respect that he's due. Give him the devotion that he's due. And yes, give him the worship that he's due. Uh, how do you value, uh, how do you give Jesus va value? How do you give him honor? Honor him. Honor him by the commitment you make to him. Honor him by the attention you pay to him. Honor him by the faith that you give to him. Honor Jesus' name. We're going to look at three revelations this morning. Three revelations about Jesus' name. Okay? And the first revelation is this. Jesus' name is the name honored by God. By the way, there's a bulletin in the back. There's an outline in the back of your bulletin. If you care to follow along, you may. Uh, the, his name is the name honored by God. God. It wasn't honored by the Jews, but it, by these Jews, but it was honored by God. Let's take a look. Verse 48 and 49. Jesus, they, they called Jesus demon-possessed, and Jesus said this in 48, 49, rather. I'm not demon-possessed. I honor my Father, but you're dishonoring me. You remember last week, we saw that Jesus call, was telling these Jews that the devil was their father. You remember? And um, Jesus, why did Jesus say that? He wasn't trying to give them a slur. He was just stating the facts. <laughs> you know, Satan wanted Jesus dead. He wanted Jesus killed. They wanted Jesus killed. Their inspiration for wanting Jesus killed came from their father, the devil. The devil put that in their mind. And now they're coming back to this idea of devils and demons. And they call Jesus, if you look at it in verse 48, you're demon-possessed. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm not demon-possessed. Why, why did they say that? Another way, that's another way of saying you're crazy. You're crazy. The way you're talking about yourself, who you think you are. Matter of fact, they said just that. They thought Jesus was crazy. They didn't have the faith to understand. They were looking at him with the eyes of the world. They were dishonoring him. Jesus said, you dishonor me. You know, I honor my father. You dishonor me. The very one God is honoring, the very one God is seeking to glorify, you are dishonoring. Give honor to Jesus' name. They were not giving honor to the name of Jesus. They were dishonoring him. They were dishonoring his name. He was being dishonored by the Jews, and he was being dishonored by the world. The Jews could not see it. They could not see it. They were judging him by their own value system. You know, there's two different value systems. There's a value system of the world, and there's a value system of God. They look at things in two different ways. Now, the value system of the world, the world honors riches, it honors outward beauty. It honors fame. It honors notoriety. God's value system honors faith, honors humility, honors commitment, and honors character. You see the difference? The world's value system looks on the outside. God's value system looks where? On the inside. <coughs> These Jews, 
These Jews were looking at Jesus on the outside. That's why Jesus said in John 7, 24, don't judge with outward appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. That's John 7, 24. Judge with righteous judgment. See as God sees. See as God sees, not as the world sees. These Jews had a false judgment upon Jesus because they were looking with the eyes of the world. Jesus tells us, God tells us, see with the eyes of God, and then see God through the eyes of faith. See God with the eyes of faith. You know, when you look at people, especially people might look different than you, with a worldly point of view, that's what creates prejudice, isn't it? It can, it can. I'm going to tell you a story about a, a little girl a little, uh, a little black girl in uh, North Carolina back in the 1960s, 1962, North Carolina. This was written about in a book called, uh, Robert, Robert Cole wrote a book called The Spiritual Life of Children. And he talks about this little girl who was just, uh, 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 what was she, eight years old. And uh, she was being screamed at. She's trying to go to school. There was this crowd of people yelling at her, segregationist people. She's by herself. She says this, I was alone. Robert, Robert Cole interviewed her. She says, I was alone, and these people, they kept screaming. And suddenly, she says, suddenly, I saw God. I saw God smiling, and I smiled back at him. And, and she said, this lady that was screaming at me, she, she called me all kinds of, she said, she called me racial slurs. And, and then she said, well, what are you smiling at? <laughs> the little girl said, she looked down, she looked right in her, she said, I looked right in her face and I said, at God? And then the lady, the lady looks up at the sky, she looks at the girl, and she just, and then she didn't call me any more names after that. <laughs> she understood. See, this girl, this little girl had her eyes on God in the midst of a hostile crowd. In the midst of false judgment. She was looking with the eyes of faith. You know, people are going to falsely judge you. Did you know that? Anybody had that experience? <laughs> Probably everybody at one time or another. But keep your eyes on God. Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was falsely judged. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. He says this. To those who were judging him, he says, your judgment means very little to me. He says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4, the Lord is my judge. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus, verse 51. He says it this way. He says it this way. Jesus says it this way, verse 50 rather. He says, I am honoring my father. My father is honoring me. He says, the Father, he says, the Father is the one who judges. Uh, he says this way, in verse 50, he says this way. He says, I am not seeking myself, I'm going for myself. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. God's judgment is the only one that really matters, amen? It's only God's judgment that really counts. Look with the eyes of God. See with the eyes of God. And give him honor. Give honor to Jesus' name because his name is honored by God. And when we honor Jesus, what does it say, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17? Whatever you do 
in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do it representing him. Do it to honor him. See, you honor God when you honor his son, Jesus Christ. So, the first revelation of Jesus' name is that his name is honored by God. Second, Jesus' name is the name who brings life. Let's take a look, verse 51 and 52. He said, very truly I say to you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaimed, now we know you're demon-possessed. He says, Abraham died, the prophets died. And you're saying, anybody obeys your word, never going to taste death? Jesus' name is the name that brings us life. See, the Jews, again, they were just looking on the outside. They were looking at the physical death. Jesus was talking about spiritual death. You see, when we sin, sin causes spiritual death. It causes us to be dead to God, dead to his voice, dead to God's voice, dead to, God, dead to God's lead, dead to God's life, dead to eternal life. Sin separates us from God, and that would be for all eternity. But that's why Jesus died on the cross, to save us from eternal death, and he rose again. To save us from eternal death, being dead to God. And his name brings us life. There's life in his name. Receiving, we receive life when we believe in his name. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. These things have I written to you who believe in his name. That you may know that you have eternal life. There's life in his name. What does the Bible mean when it talks about somebody's name? It means it's talking about the person who has the name. So to believe in Jesus' name is to believe in Jesus himself. And to believe in Jesus himself is to believe in his word, to follow his word, to submit to his word. What does he say in verse 51? Whoever obeys my word will never see death. There's life in Jesus' name. There's life in his name. In obeying his name, it frees us from death. You know, death is something most people try to avoid at all costs, literally. Literally. There are some billionaires, this might surprise you, there are some billionaires today that are spending enormous amounts of money trying to find a cure for death. <laughs> uh, somebody posted it, on, posted it this way. In a story called, Billionaires Will Disrupt Death at If It's Their Last Thing They Do. <laughs> this writer says this. We still can't stop the brute fact of death. But it isn't stopping five billionaires who are trying to lead the human race out of mortality. She goes on to write that these billionaires, they're, what they're investing in, and I'll just name a few of them. William Andrade was the founder of a Silicon Valley nanotechnology startup who says uh, that he claims to, to live, he plans to live for millions, billions, and hundreds of billions of years. His business quietly, he, his business quietly went out of business just, just a short time ago. 
<laughs> There's a Russian billionaire by the name of D Dmitry Iskov who launched the 2045 initiative. And this initiative almost, uh, offers promises to human beings to be immortal by the year 2045, just as soon as we make uh, a leap into artificial, mach uh, artificial machine bodies. <laughs> right, right, right. But the one of all, the one that takes the cake, this author says, is Larry Allison. Larry Allison gives more than $40 million to the Ellison, uh, Ellison Medical Foundation to understand lifespan development processes. According to Forbes, Ellison is worth more $42 billion. Allison says this, she quotes him, she says this, she says, he says, death makes me very angry. He says, it doesn't make sense to me. Death has never made sense to me, he says. I can, how can a person be there and then just vanish? Just not be there. You see, for the non-believer, death is all there is. There's no hope beyond the grave. There's no life beyond the grave. But Jesus' name brings us life. Jesus' name brings us life. You know, it makes sense. You know, if I was Larry Ellison, it would make sense to try to save myself to spend enormous amounts of money. You know, but what does Jesus say? to try to save myself. But what does Jesus say? Matthew chapter 16, verse 25 and 26, he says it this way. Whoever wants to save his life, ah, thank you, Brian, will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What good is it for a man to, if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What can you give in exchange for your soul? You know, you can't beat death with your billions of dollars. You can't beat death with all the money in the world. What did Jesus say? <laughs> what good is it if, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? Jesus' name brings us life. The only way to beat death is to know the Father and to know his Son, Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus is talking about here in verse 55. He says it this way. You don't know him. He says, though you don't know him, I know him. If I didn't say so, I'd be a liar just like you. Why is Jesus calling him a liar? Because they claim to know God. If you say you know God and you don't know God, hey, what are you? Well, you sure ain't telling the truth. <laughs> You're a liar. The only way <coughs> to beat death is to know God. And we know these Jews didn't know God because the Bible says if you deny the Son, you don't have God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 23. He who denies the Son does not have the Father. But whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father as well. So to know God, what does it mean to know the Father? What does it mean to know the Son? It means to have fellowship. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus, His Son, Jesus Christ. To have fellowship with the triune God. The only way to have fellowship with the triune God is to know His Word 
to walk in obedience to his word, just like Jesus said, whoever obeys my words will never see death. It's a matter of obeying his word. Jesus is honored. His name is honored when we obey his word. Give him honor. He's the one. His name brings life. Not only is his name uh, honored by God, no honor, not, not only does his name uh, bring us life, but third and finally, the third revelation of Jesus' word is this. Jesus' name is a name above all names. It's a name above all names. Let's take a look. Verse, six, verse 56 uh, through 58. He says it this way. <coughs> Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. And he saw it and he was glad. They said, you're not 50 years old yet. How can you say you've seen Abraham? Well, very truly I say to you, Jesus answered. Before Abraham was, I am. Then what did they do next? Do you notice what they did next? Verse 59, they took up stones. Why? Because they understood Jesus was claiming to be God. That was a clear title of God. Every Jew alive knew it. That was the name God used to give himself in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14. You remember, God spoke to Moses from the burning bush. And he told him to, to go to Pharaoh and to free my people from Egypt. And, and, and Moses says, well, what if the Israelites ask me, what, what is your name? What did God say? He said, I am who I am. Tell them, I am has sent you. I am. That is the unmistakable name of God. Every Jew would know it. And these Jews did too. Jesus' name is a name above every other name. Not only is he greater than, they said, are you greater than Abraham? Not only is he greater than Abraham, he's greater than all. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9, Jesus' name is the name above all names. That's talking about his equality with the Father and with the Holy Spirit, his position as God, second person of the Trinity. Uh, Augustine, the great early uh, church theologian, said it this way. He said, he said it this way. He said, Christ, Christ, if Christ is not valued at all, he's not valued at all unless he's valued above all. You, can, you, you, you cannot value Christ. You cannot give him any, 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 anything less than being God. God's name. He uses God's name. And notice this. He uses it in the present tense. He didn't say, God didn't say, tell them, Moses, I was, or tell them, I will be. He says, tell them, I am. Usually that's a present tense word. Now, for the Israelites, this was very, very significant. Because for the Israelites, they had always thought of God, at least in these 400 years of slavery in Egypt, as someone who spoke in the past, who acted in the past, or someone who would act in the future when the, when the uh, Messiah would come and the uh, the new covenant. But, but, but God is saying, I am. I'm here. I'm here with you right now. You know, I'm here with you to perform my uh, mighty acts 
right now. I'm here with you to, 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 to deliver you right now. I'm here with you to guide you right now. Do you remember? God acted for, on their behalf. He, he, he brought the plagues up, upon Pharaoh and the people of Egypt to free them from Egypt. He parted the Red Sea so they could, they could be free to go into the promised land. He gave them manna every day. And uh, he was with them. They were experiencing God by the cloud. He, he led them a cloud by day, a cloud of fire by night. He was with them every day at all times. See, this is the confidence. This is a confidence they could now have in God to understand from this point on, God was understood as the, the, one, who is, the one who is always present. The one who is always present. And don't we need to know that? That he's always present, especially during difficult times. We have family members, several family members that have lost loved ones. And they say, oh, gee, where's the last month, isn't it? And it's so important to know in times like this, God is present. God is with you. What does he say in Hebrews chapter 13? God says it like this. There's a promise, verses 5 and 6 of Hebrews 13. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. He's with you right now. Right now. Aha. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. That's right. Thank you. To live is Christ. Thank you. Thank you. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Thank you. Right after God, right out of God's word. To live is Christ. To, to die is gain. I appreciate that very much. God was with them right now every day to be called upon. To be called upon. Just like Abraham called upon. They're talking about Abraham. You know, Jesus had the nerve to bring up Abraham. <laughs> you know, Abraham was their spiritual, they saw their spiritual father, their spiritual uh, the founder of their faith, the, the founder of their religion, their patriarch. God called Abraham from the city of Ur 2,000 years ago. Two, uh, I'm sorry, 4,000 years ago, 2,000 years before Christ. He called them from the city of Ur, present-day Iraq. He called them to go to a new country, a new land, and he would make of him a great nation. And he called, called, excuse me, called them to the, what, what is present-day Israel. And, and Abraham went on top of a mountain. Once he got there, he went on top of a mountain. He built an altar. And the Bible says it this way in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 8. He called upon the name of the Lord. Now that is a very significant phrase. Please hold on to that phrase. It's used over and over again in the Old Testament to talk about praying to God, seeking his help. Seeking his salvation over and over. Now when Jesus comes, the day of Pentecost comes, the apostle Peter preaches to 3,000. And he tells them in Acts chapter 2, 21, talking about Jesus, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, he applies that phrase, the phrase of the I am, the ever-present one, to Jesus Christ. Now, the Jews were furious. The Jews were furious. You know, Apostle Paul, who he knew as Saul before he became saved, he was furious. He got permission from the high priest to go arrest these Christians. 
And he was on his road, the road to Damascus, and he was looking for these Christians. And the Bible tells us this. There was one thing he was looking for, to identify who they were. And it's in Acts chapter 9, verse 14. What does it say? It says he was looking for all those who were calling upon the name of Jesus. And then the Apostle Paul gets saved, and he writes a letter to the, to the Romans, and he says, what does he say in the book of Romans about Jesus? Romans 10, 13, the Apostle Paul, he says it this way. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Calling upon his name. Jesus is present. He's the great I am. Jesus is here right now. To be called upon. He is to be called upon because he is the I am. Jesus said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He's present to be called upon because he is the name above all names. Give honor to Jesus' name. Jesus' name is honored by God, whose judgment is the only one that really matters. Amen. Just like the, keep your eyes on God, just like that little girl when she got, saw God smiling upon her. And do everything in Jesus' name. Not only is his name honored by God, but his name, it brings us life. Billions of dollars might be spent trying to fight it, right? But physical death comes to us all, I hate to tell you. But spiritual life. Spiritual life comes through the name of Jesus. Eternal life comes through believing in the name of Jesus. And then third, Jesus' name is the name above all names. He is the great I am. He is present. He is to be called upon to be saved. Will Smith wanted to protect his wife's name. He just went about it the wrong way. He later apologized to Chris Rock, and he wrote an official apology. And in this letter, in this, uh, I don't know if it was in Instagram or whatever it was, he wrote this. My actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. See, when we declare that we want to honor Jesus Christ, we are declaring the people we want to be. We can honor him or we can dishonor him all in the way we act, in the way we live. Let us be the kind of people that honor Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, uh, Lord Jesus. For your name, for who you are, the great I am. Help us, Lord, to always honor you. Help us, Lord. And when we fall short, help us to repent and, and confess and, and continue to follow you. Jesus, we know that you're here right now. We know that you're present. And Lord, if, if there's anyone here that hasn't yet called upon you, your word tells us, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Help them, Lord, even now, just to say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for my sins. And I invite you into my heart and into my life. Cleanse me of my sins and save my soul. Thank you, Jesus.
Seigneur l'Élie.